Welcome back to the show after the show, Public Health Plus. I am MJ. And I'm Cass. So 2020 and 2021 was such chaotic and borderline apocalyptic years that so many major news stories just kind of flew under the radar or the collective consciousness. But one of the biggest stories in 2020 has to do with the 2020 census. And we alluded to this in the main episode. But do you remember the hullabaloo around this? I was not following this like too closely. Oh, around the census, I was definitely following some of the hullabaloo. I listened to NPR on my Love NPR. Big fan, way, by the way into the office. So a lot of folks were talking in 2019 and, and early 2020 around the census. There were the questions about citizenship being added in. And there's just so much drama around the census that this was a really common news topic. And even like if my understanding or if my recollection is correct, like even before the pandemic hit in maybe January or February of 2020, people were already starting to talk about issues, some concerns around like what was going on and how the citizenship question would impact counting. Like there's just, there were early signals that there were concerns. And then I remember sort of as the year was coming to a close, there was a lot of conversation around issues with the data collection and and modeling, that might not be quite the right word, but that we're not going to be able to release the numbers like in, in an appropriate time. Yeah, like lots of issues. And then the thing is, the census is supposed to be like neutral. It's supposed to be like this, you know, not political neutral thing that people just do. But there was the issue with the adding the citizenship question is that if you are someone who is undocumented, filling out a form that you have to check a box that says, I am not a U.S. citizen is very scary. And therefore, people worried about like adding that question might contribute to like significant undercounts of those population. Yeah. And the other issue that just popped into my mind when you were talking was we ended the count early. Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. There's a, an amount of time that is allowed for the Census Bureau to follow up with non-responding households. Yes. Households that had not yet responded and the administration said, we're going to call it, we're going to end it early. And if you think back to the main episode, we were talking about the bias in sort of who's more likely to be undercounted. Yeah. So harder to reach or more vulnerable populations, you know, demographic subgroups that are the global majority, but a, a minority in the U.S., those are the kinds of folks that are potentially more likely to be undercounted. And so if you end early, guess who's undercounting your count, then you're going to undercount those those demographic groups. But yeah, I'll have to look back and double check, but I'm pretty sure it was around 50 million households that had not been counted when the administration said, nope, we're going to end this early. And the Census Bureau was like, wait, no, like you can't no, do this. What are you doing? We yeah. have this amount of time to do this thing. And then on top of the issue with the citizenship question, like just really not necessarily because the Census Bureau themselves, those workers, like they did great work. They really wanted to do a good job. The Trump administration the bed. That's correct. And as we mentioned, the census decision will impact seats in the House. It will impact districts. It will impact a lot of funding. So botching the census has like widespread implication that perhaps we will only get to see how it unfolds as this decade goes on. The Census Bureau, they do two things to do what they call like coverage of errors or coverage errors, or they do like coverage estimates to sort of figure out, hey, did we get the numbers right? And they do two things. They do the demographic analysis and they do the post-enumeration surveys. And those are two things that they sort of use to see, like, are we over or undercounting? Guess who is overcounted? White people. That is correct. (laughs) Significant overcounts for white alone or white in combination with uh, another race. 
non-Hispanic white alone and Asian alone or Asian in combination with other populations. So those was people are overcounted by the enumeration surveys that they did. Guess who is undercounted? I would guess black or African-American folks and his, those of Hispanic or uh, Latin descent. Yes, but there's actually another group in the middle. So there's black or African-American in alone or combination, American Indians and Alaska natives. Oh, those yes, of course. Place. I can't believe that I did not include those folks. Sincere apologies. Yeah. And uh, Hispanic or Latino. So there is, by their estimation, undercount of those population, overcount of white and non-Hispanic whites and Asians. And this is not good. <laughs> this is not a good thing because, like we said, this will affect funding for a lot of programs. This will affect uh, districting and seats in the House. Well, this ties back also, I think you may give me a, a weird look here, but to the abortion episodes when we were talking with Joanne. A little bit. And Joanne was talking about the... A main reason, a well-documented reason why some of the folks pushing for anti-abortion laws were doing so was to maintain white supremacy. And there have been significant concerns by folks in power or important people over the last several decades that the demography of the U.S. is changing such that whites will no longer be a majority, but perhaps a plurality or even lose the majority in certain states. And if that's your fear, that's your concern, and you want to maintain some of that white supremacist culture and notion, then you're going to do what you can to exclude certain groups from having representation. Like if you have a citizenship box that you check or don't check, and then people can say, oh, well, this state has X percentage of undocumented immigrants, and so they right. shouldn't, so we're not gonna that them, population right? shouldn't count for the apportionment that we were talking about before. It's a way to try to take votes and representation away from more demographically diverse states. Yeah. And then it reminds me another thing from the abortion episode, which is when we talk about topics like this, like a lot of people will say, well, that's just your interpretation. I'm like, no, this is not an interpretation. The numbers show that there's an undercount for these groups and then overcount for other groups. Well, this is what I did not consider, though, is age. Like we talk about race a lot, but there is also overcounted and undercounting issue for age. Uh, which group is overcounted? I would guess based on our conversation in the main episode that older adults are overcounted yes. and younger folks are. Wait. Older adults are overcounted under adult. Oh, my God. <laughs> Older <laughs> adults are overcounted. Younger adults are undercounted. Yes. Criminy. Criminy? Okay. <laughs> just, I can't. I can't. Criminy is what I meant to say. Uh, but you are correct. So between the ages of 18 and 64, which, first of all, is a wide range. I don't know why they would use this as a single bucket category, but there is a mix of under and overcounting. But over 64, there's high overcounting. And then under children, teenagers are okay, but under 10 is they, they report a lot of undercounting for under 10, which I guess is your parents are filling out the form. So maybe that's why. Or maybe there's bias in the efforts to get information from households with young children, depending on demographic differences. And also, like you said, they ended the count or there was a whole mess of it. So maybe if you're a busy parent, maybe you just didn't fill it out. That's totally possible. Maybe. Right. And, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic at the yeah, time so. as well so you know if you're like have a full-time job and you're trying to also then do kindergarten or elementary school for your kids like it's it may have fallen lower on the priority scale oh it's probably at the bottom of the priority maybe you just didn't see it maybe you did fill it out and you just don't remember i don't know who knows whether cast is counted in the census but <laughs> i guess we'll never know yeah i honestly don't remember 
And I'm going to have to ask James when he gets home because I really don't recall filling out a census document. It could be online. They do have some online stuff. You're right. They did. They have been integrating online. Yep. We filled it out online. That's that's why I didn't remember. I, <laughs> we solved I the mystery. I didn't fill out a paper form. <laughs> that's what I was like trying to remember. And I did not fill out a paper form. But I think you're right. We had the opportunity to do it in the over the interwebs. We got a paper form telling us to fill it out online. So I remember both. But I guess we technically fell online. Anyway, so before we end the episode, I do want to bring a little bit of shame to the Washington Post. <laughs> You're shaming you're shaming the Washington Post? Yes. Okay, let's hear it. What did they do? Listen to this article headline. Independent report finds no obvious problem with the 2020 census. Now, if you read that headline, you will think, oh, okay, that's not a bad thing, right? Independent report finds no, no obvious problems within the 2020 census. Two paragraphs in, the report was conducted by a team of outside experts conducted with the cooperation of the Census Bureau. However, Tuesday's report said the task force did not have enough data to conduct a thorough assessment of the survey's quality. So it's not like they didn't find anything. It's that they didn't have enough data to find anything. Those are two different things, Washington Post. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I, I much prefer the Politico headline, which is a brush with catastrophe inside the 2020 census meltdown. <laughs> That is more accurate. Or CNN. So CNN politics, census officials discovered data issues that could delay its completion, comma, internal documents show. Probably a little bit more accurate than what the Washington Post put out there. Yeah. Independent reform finds no obvious problems. The line is, it evaluated only state population total released in April and did not find any issues with the state population. But regarding more granular data, they did not have enough information to conduct a thorough assessment of granular data. So no, no, it's not like they didn't find anything. They didn't have enough data to find anything. Anyway, sorry, shame on you, Washington Post. So I think it's interesting that... You know, we're often slamming news outlets for clickbait headlines, right? Like, yeah. oh, you you have the super dramatic headline and then you read the story and it's like, eh, but, but in, this is this the is opposite. exact opposite. Like, here's a super chill, underwhelming headline. And then like, there's actually a lot of drama happening. Okay. Anyway, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for listening to Public Health Plus, the show after the show. You can expect these spicy and more opinionated episodes every Monday. If you like the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to our podcast. It really does help. It really does help us immensely and spread the word about the show. And remember, not finding anything and not having enough data to find something are two different things. Wow. Okay. You just couldn't let that go. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, well, I expected better from the Washington Post. But anyway. All right. Well, if you also expect better from folks, you can join us every Thursday for our main episodes. And remember, everything is public health. Everything is public health.